You may remember last week, Julie shared that she was leaving uh, later last week to uh, travel to Mexico with her daughter to take care of family affairs and, and hopefully to have uh, some fun while she's there. And so today's podcast, uh, we recorded a couple weeks ago in early November, and it follows the theme that we've done a lot this year in terms of the impact of the pandemic the last two, three years on both people's lives, on company culture, on workplace dynamics. And uh, today we turn that lens on CEO succession. And we throw out that some of the Uh, what I would call conventional wisdom, uh, pedigree, CEO criteria for selection is really dated and no longer works. And we uh, riffed on what we see are possibilities that ultimately not only fit today's cultural needs uh, in our society, but also the specific needs of a company. So come on in, grab a snack. I don't think we have much Halloween candy left. Welcome. I'm ready. Hey, Bob. Hey, Joyce. Good morning. I just warned you that I may sneeze. Fall is gorgeous, and I have allergies. <laughs> so I'm sniffing and snorting through the day. I, I wouldn't know about fall because it was in the 80s here in North Carolina this past weekend, and like the leaves are falling on the ground, but they literally didn't peak. They just like overnight. They gave up. Brown and then they're down. Right. Yeah, they gave up. And um, yeah, and here it's been beautiful and we're talking Maine, but the difference in the air is it's not crisp. It's yeah. soft. It's it's kind of like North Carolina breeze. Uh, well, yeah, so it's it's wonderful if you take it day by day, if you look at the whole idea, each month, and I've noticed this forever, and now the climate change says absolutely. September is now August. August is now July. So January is December. December is November. Do I mean that, or do I mean it in reverse? No, I, I think you're, I mean... In I other would, words, we're off by a month. Totally. In well, terms of seasons. Yeah, the seasons have been expanded. At least the warm seasons have been Prolonged, expanded. yeah. Yeah. So that's not what we're here to talk about today, but it's an interesting... Really? Well, okay. This is an ODHR podcast. Oh, thank you. But it does show how you have to shift and adapt and adjust. Uh, And the conversation we began to have before we went live is about... And so here's the deal. You were kidding me, but we are talking about transitions. And I'm thinking about CEO transitions, and I'm thinking about my work with over 25 CEOs. And there isn't like one generic CEO package of qualities that can be interchanged and just plopped in anywhere. There's, And so what I'm thinking is CEOs of the future, or at least for the next three to five years, Yep. Wouldn't it be great to have an HR background CEO? Well, I I I work for or, an, yeah. Go ahead. Even even better, 
uh, art an AI, artificial intelligence, or an IT, a highly technical CEO running a non-technical company per se, I think would be awakening. <laughs> I think it would jolt <laughs> an organization in a good way. And, you know, depending on the training path, I know the HR executives that you were and that I worked with understood the whole company. Yep. It's not like you say, here's an HR person who doesn't think out of HR, let's make them CEO. But I just think all kinds of good things would happen. And not necessarily, there's such a trend right now to go soft. Yeah. I love that Jacob Morgan, we're mentioning your name, Jacob, please mention ours. <laughs> <laughs> that he writes, I like his writing a lot, and he's on all the time. But he yeah. recently said, you don't want a soft CEO. To heck with all this sympathy and empathy. What you want is smart. Yeah. What I, you want is smart. And I know in my fully human leadership traits, I put clever. Yes, you did. That clever. Was yeah, yeah, I think clever is needed. But anyhow, I was just thinking uh, that we have outdated models in all of our institutions. Well, it's interesting. I, I, so I'm going to give you kind of a juxtaposition that I think applies for uh, CEO transition. Yep. I, as you know, we came out of the grocery industry, and right. typically the person who got promoted to being a manager was the best stocker. <laughs> Boy, they're a great stocker. Uh, they're the best that we have. They get all their freight up on time. Imagine if we made them the manager, and we do it, and they literally. Uh, they don't change. They don't promote themselves, and they still are the, the best stocker uh, that uh, is now leading uh, uh, a group of stockers. So it doesn't add anything. So if I go to CEO, uh, if I if you look at like um, executive talent search, they yeah. literally try to create this like peg and find the perfect CEO candidate. And oftentimes, it's the same as the grocery manager, that instead of finding someone that fits the time and what the organization needs, they, they get a tight model of what a CEO should be. And it's typically they were great at execution. So I'm not saying they don't have success. They have some. But as often, they they miss the mark. And I feels like a long term, but yeah, but but I'm thinking of a couple times when I've been involved in choosing the successor, and luckily we we really did come from a well-run company. So each CEO, one was great in finance and got the kept the company really steady, Eddie, on its finances and its goals. One was good at opening up the organization to creative forms, uh, you know, took away tight uh, structure that was getting too tight, opened it up. Then the next one had a marketing orientation that was really needed. And that, and they led from their strength. Yeah. And they had to, you know, gather <laughs> other abilities or people, mainly good people. Um I'm thinking of another who loved stores, loved product, hated everything else. 
stores yes, loved him, the products loved him, but the everything else was way in his rearview mirror, and uh, it caused some serious problems. But it's interesting how important that talent clump at the edge needs to meet the demands of the time. Well, I was going to, there are two things that really bubbled up uh, in, in my own thinking about uh, what you just said. And, and the first is exactly that. Uh, instead of trying to find that perfect square to fit into your square peg, it's literally taking a look at the organization and where it is and the challenges it's got for the future and what are their strengths and opportunities and weaknesses and literally kind of create uh, what I would call the the requirements of the job based on that. And I don't think that's, you know, I think it's intuitive and smart, but I don't think it's done. Really? Uh, yeah. The second, I'm not saying it's not done. It's just. No, I know what you mean. That there's a nuance there. Yeah. And the, and the second, and it's kind of related. Oftentimes you look at the incumbent and the organization is purring along just perfectly and so you default to trying to find someone like them. Mm -hmm. uh, and I find that sometimes that works, uh, but other times it doesn't. Um, I had a COO that I was coaching who was in line to be the CEO. Yeah. And he said, I don't know if I want that job. Uh -huh. and, I said, and he started explaining what the current CEO does. And I said, yeah, you have to do it like that. Can't you bring your, you know, so yeah. It's, Everyone's got this mindset that there's a template yeah, uh, and it just doesn't exist. Well, and I think you need to grow or, or need to have in the top spot a, a somewhat disruptive leader bringing something new that the organization is kind of desperate for. Yeah. And the rest will fill in behind it. So I, I'm trying to think of really disruptive choices that were good. You know, just the right amount of disruptive shakes up the organization a little bit, shows you what matters. So anyhow, I, I, um, I'm remembering that we also talked about how there seems to be a generic bunch of CEOs throughout the world that just whirl around and rotate. You know, they get fired, they get hired, they get fired, they oh, get yeah. hired. Um, Where are they now? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, you, and they move from industry to industry. And uh, it's like, how broad, how would you, I mean, you do a lot of this. How, how would you broaden the search? I think I'd, I think I'd first go, what's our green growing edge? What do we have to have that's new? Yeah. Well, and, and, and not a former CEO. Yeah. I, I think what you're saying is, is spot on. Uh, it, this is going to sound very similar to trying to find what is the organizational imperative and therefore what do we need in this leader? Um, I think stepping back, uh, if you look at where you want the culture to go, or if you look at the existing talent and say, what would be the right, uh, you know, skills, the right temperament, the right uh, inspiration and vision mm. or not? I mean, because oftentimes if you have a flimsy organization that isn't hitting the mark, bringing in someone who can execute 
um, and create that that discipline uh, would probably be right. I have one example where um, there's one of the most successful, uh, this is a president, not a CEO, but is running a pretty large organization. Um, she brought a discipline around executing well. Yeah. Uh, and, and literally, uh, the organization is about to have 10 consecutive years. Do you believe this, Joyce? 10 consecutive years of positive store growth under her leadership. Right. And she had has what the organization needs, and that is the ability to inspire, Yes, to lead and manage. Yes. It's such a great combination. Uh, and I'm all about pro-managing these days because I think we've emphasized leadership a little too much. Uh, behavioral leadership instead, inspirational leadership can see the future direction and then can sell it and inspire it and enliven the company. Yeah. um, I think we should name her. Okay. Uh, I'll just use first names. How you doing, Meg? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So she can't take a compliment? (laughs) No. What I appreciate about, you know, this example in, in the yeah. conversation is chances are she wouldn't be the selection if it was an external search. I'm almost sure. And, and and she's one of the smartest, most brilliant people I know. But if I think about the, you know, the the record and history um, of, of individuals, um, I, I, I don't know. But she was the leader for the time and evidently still is. What an inspiration. No kidding. Yay. 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 Uh, So so I have a question. You know, um, do you believe in in sometimes uh, as a part of a CEO uh, selection criteria, if a company's been hurting or if they've been through a lot of pain or trauma, what do you think about the concept of a uh, a healer in chief, being someone who's brought in to literally heal the organization, is that? Well, I think uh, we did that. Okay. Which I think we can go into deeper um, at another time. Yeah. Because I just want to ask permission to share the story. Oh yeah. So, no. uh, I think, a, yeah. So, well, I don't. I'm thinking. I, would you call it that? Probably not. But I think it's, it's. I was asking in the framework of our conversation, look at the organization, yeah. the challenges, yeah. the opportunity, yeah. look at, you know, what might not be uh, optimal. Um, you know, the notion of bringing someone in who uh, sues the organization yeah. at the same time creates that soothing to have the organization yeah. perform yeah. better. Yeah, the combination of soothing and demand. Uh, what would a CEO, and let's assume you're where you're bringing in a healing CEO. Yeah. The, the, the job is to recreate respect, trust. Yeah. Yeah. We say at the same time. Yeah. Uh, uh, release energy because you've got some safety. Yeah. 
I think that's a viable and valuable CEO. Yeah. With, the, with that charge. And the background could be probably, you know, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't bring in a spiritual healer or a psychologist or whatever to run the company. <laughs> well, I certainly have, but that, you know, that, that CEO with that orientation yeah. might bring in an array of people who offer services for getting grounded, going, having gone through trauma. Yeah, I think we all have examples where uh, you bring in a CEO who's absolutely the wrong person for the position. And I, oh, yeah. I give an organization in particular where the organization was doing fine. Things were, they were innovative. They were top in their industry. And uh, the board decided they needed to bring in another CEO. And they brought in this person who literally dismantled the company. Um, you know, why? Right in an exodus of their top talent. Basically, how long did that take? How long did that take to oh, ruin it? Oh my God. I'm, you know, I wasn't inside the company. I'd say no longer than a year and probably closer to six months. Uh, it literally dismantled the culture, dismantled the marketing approach. Uh, the, the focus on talent, and and so if I think action or attitude, which one weighed more? Well, they probably went together, but it, it was, was together. It was it was someone who literally was totally dismissive of other people's ideas, created the mandate, um, you know, brought down the tablets from on high, and said, "Here's how we're going." And oh, by the way, these five positions are eliminated, uh, and you know, so just dismantled, and 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 not to to dwell on it, but. That was one. It sounds like Twitter. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, I'm thinking that that organization did need a healer that uh -huh. built the trust, that built the respect. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, it, it's tough to find the right CEO. There's no doubt about it, and the risks are enormous. Um, and I think you and I should become uh, executive search professionals. Right. <laughs> 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 oh, I think I'd go cuckoo. Um, why did I say that? I I don't know why I said that. I'd be great. Um, so let's say, how would you start? Let's say that companies right now are needing some a, a healing that brings back energy and optimism and work being worth it we talked about the quiet quitters <laughs> i think they're just tired there's so many tired people you know resting in place so when you say that um oftentimes you hear in the search process particularly for a ceo we want you to come in. This organization isn't broken. There's nothing to be fixed here. Uh, we want you to come in and create the legacy of where you want to take the organization in partnership with the board. And that's not always the right thing to say. The right thing to say is we have parts of our organization are broken. Mm -hmm. And we're looking for someone who can bring a set of skills. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen, um, but it should happen more often. <laughs> I'm still back with how would I, in reality, 
begin to generate trust. I'm, you know, I know there are all kinds of approaches to it, but I was just trying to think, what would I really do? And would I start at the top or start in the middle or, or where would I start and how would I do it? I guess you'd have to start at the top. Yeah. Um, and I I do like the search conference modality because it, it talks about pride and regret and history. Yeah. And then, um, so anyhow, I'm going into design people. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, there, there's an organization. I, I love the simplicity uh, of their value statement. And, and one of the three is no jerks. Yeah. Uh, so if I'm thinking about the healer in chief coming in, you know, I'm, uh, you know, this organization saying, if you're not a good leader, if you don't build trust and inspire people, if you're a jerk, there's no place for you here. Yeah. And, and so I, I like that in the context of if you bring in someone uh, who's to heal the organization, a big part of credibility is doing your scan and eliminating those people that are toxic to the culture. Be nice. Be nice. <laughs> I don't know. Be nice. It's be fair. Uh, it's yeah. be yeah. consistent. It's it's be respectful. Uh, um, and and the CEO example that I gave before, not to go back there. This person was none of that. Um, and uh, oh, the one that killed the organization yeah, the, the the board thought that's what the organization needed and they literally overshot the mark yeah um scorched earth like so what we're back to we've we've gone all over the monopoly board but <laughs> i think the theme is we need a very new kind of ceo yes which is really high on a lot of paradox and you know that article i wrote on paradox yeah. i'll find it and we'll talk about it um it's the one i read accidentally and after i read it i said i'm not going to write anymore this person has said it all <laughs> <laughs> and it was mine yeah so I, I think you know whether it's um someone who has HR or IT experience or marketing experience. I, I think those all play in the mix. Um, the other is if you look at background and education, I think sometimes you look at people that go to the best B schools and you're like, okay, that's where uh, CEOs come from. Yeah. In fact, uh, some of the best leaders and, and think about our experience at Hannaford, how many people in our talent pipeline over a matter of 20 to 30 years became CEOs at other companies. Right. It was like a generator for, yes. for CEO uh, mentality. It was a talent generator for it's leadership. A talent generator. And it incorporated a lot of what you just described. This partly came up because of uh, the possibility that you're going to attend um the re-engineering or the future of HR, or what it's going to look like going forward. And I'm so curious about letting, well, I know we did a three day where we had the HR department redesign itself. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it came out very differently. So I think what I'm, you hear my pauses and stuff because I'm saying, how do you do it with the organization, not to the organization? 
what outside talent needs to come in to help you do that. How much can you trust to let your organization design and solve what it needs for the future? Everybody knows. Oh, gosh, yeah. Just have to build the trust and ask the question. And how do you do that? At Well, we know how we did it, but it takes time. Sure does. How long do you think it takes to shift a culture from A to magnificent? Gosh, I'd say three to five years. I'm thinking three. I mean, that's why I went, whew, if there's a lot of toxic toxic thinking and and, uh, toxic leadership, yeah, uh, a minimum. uh, And no big ta-da, no big announcement, just slow, steady. Kids, My kids used to have a mighty mo. It was this wind-up truck that would go forever and just really slow and bash around into furniture. And I think a mighty mo, you know, it's just a constant holding on to core values and asking yourself every single time, who and how do I need to do this with the organization, not to the organization? Yeah. I mean, how to lead that way is uh, um, fun. And can be frustrating because there's this impatience to get something done. So you try to force things where what I'm hearing you say, don't force it. Let it come to you. But knowing what you're doing, it's not like you let go. It's very well planned out and you grab opportunities when you see them to say, this is a moment we didn't know was going to happen and we can use it. Yeah. So I think we need to bring a CEO in to continue this conversation. I do too, and we will. Okay, we <laughs> I have will. nothing more to say. I have allergies, people. <laughs> and you're going to Mexico, so let's let's. Oh, let me say allergies. this out loud. I'm going to Mexico to sell a house as fast as I can to people I like at a price that we both feel great about. Thus endeth my reading. Okay. You know, upon reflecting today's conversation, uh, I was left with a couple thoughts I wanted to share. Uh, First is, if I was an executive recruiter listening to this, uh, you may argue that, you know, hey, we already do this. We research the company, we interview people, we get a sense of what's needed. And I would say that you're right. But I think ultimately we turn to a pool of candidates that bring similar backgrounds, pedigree education, and that it's time to rethink what makes a great CEO. And that's an opportunity that every organization has going forward because the consequences of hiring the wrong CEO uh, are not only damaging, but could kill the culture and the success of a company. So till next time, be well and be safe.